Winning in the Workplace, the show focused on taking your business to the next level. Featuring expert business consultant and trainer Maurice Velasquez of Team Real World, along with 2013 Louisiana Broadcaster of the Year, Gordy Rush, this is Winning in the Workplace. I'm with my good friend Maurice Velasquez from Team Real World, and this is the show where we talk about everything business, culture, team morale, engagement, and working better as a team. Hello, Maurice Velasquez. Hey, Gordy, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> and look, we've got a third person in yes, the studio we do. with us today, Tom Ashley from Expand Incorporated. Good to have you here, Tom. Good to be here. Thank you, Bo. Sure. Good to see you, Tom. Well, let's jump right into it. Tom, you've been president of Expand for several years. Tell us about you, Expand, and then we can talk about the work you and Team Real World have been doing. Oh, thanks, Gordy. Uh, with myself, my brother, and our family, uh, father and parents, we started Expand in 1999. Uh, we first uh, started doing framing and trim work and cabinetry and evolved, slowly evolved into a remodeling full-service company. Uh, we got we got our license and everything, and then we traveled the country learning. Uh, we won awards. We've uh, served our Home Builders Association and uh, our community. And in the process, you know, of doing all this stuff since in 2005, we discovered our true passion, which was helping uh, the agent in place, which is called the Certified Agent in Place Specialist. And that's where we, uh, where our niche is. Uh, Gordy, uh, Tom and his company appeared a few months ago back in the Batman's Business Report about the work they do with victims in the flood. But right. recently, uh, two weeks ago, was it, Tom? Yes. Two weeks ago, they appeared. They had a really great article in The, in the Advocate about the great work that Expand Inc. does uh, in helping people with special needs. Yeah, you it know, was a really, really good article. Yeah, I saw it. Good article. Tom, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, the first thing we were called, our, our clients were referred by another builder that said, you know, we may be a fit. They knew what we did, and we knew how we specialized. And when we were first uh, talked to uh, by the clients, I knew we had to listen, 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 learn, try to figure out, uh-oh, we need to put a team together for this because we didn't know a whole bunch about that specific area. And uh, we put our team together, our designers, uh, brought an interior design team in there to partner with, and also included their occupational therapist, which uh, helped us with the details, the finer details, and included the, uh, the parents in the process. Uh, we bounced ideas around with the, the parents and uh, with their input and came up with a plan. And uh, the plan was basically to help the child uh, and also be functional for the family to where they had a good time, you know, could use the room and the space for mm -hmm. uh you know, and it's uh, it needed to be beautiful too. You know, it can't just functional is one thing, but everybody wants you know aesthetics, and that's what uh, the challenge is, and always the funnest part of the project. Right. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Tom. Earlier, you had told us about being part. This is part of an aging in in uh, aging in place program. Yes. Yeah. Well, what is that about? What's the aging in place uh, program? Aging in place is a is a program that was developed by the National Association of Home Builders along with the uh, AARP to provide, you know, uh, our aging population, the, bo the boomers, with a place to be able to, to live in their home as long as possible. And it's evolved, the program's evolved, and I've served in it in many capacities uh, at a national level as far as the chairman of the uh, Board of Governors, and it's really a, really a great program. Okay. And so for folks out there who are listening to the show, how do they know that they could use your services in this program? Uh, anybody would, you know, 
an agent, when you say agent in place, everybody thinks it's just for a 55 plus. It's not, that's not the case. It could be your parents visiting you. You could be a child, you know, your children of, and your parents are visiting. Uh, or you have a child with special needs or, or a caretaker that maybe that's helping somebody get around the house. Uh, we come in there and we assess and we make it user friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we've got, we've got, heck, we've got a good six minutes or so before our first break. So I want sure. you to take your time, uh, Tom, if you would, take your time through this. You know, you, okay. you talked about um, Maurice and you, uh, you guys hooked up about a year ago. Right. And, and from what you told me earlier, Tom, the positive impact to your business has been felt. Would you go a little bit deeper and elaborate on that? Yeah. The, I mean, the uh, when, when we were, uh, Set with the task of coming, we come. We needed help. We needed help. Well, the with the flood come about and to scale, we had to figure out something different. We were, you know, keep running across the same problems, and uh, and we needed to be, you know, more efficient. I mean, we needed help. So we called Maurice. We got. We sat back. We brought our team in there and, and evaluated our team, and uh, Tried to unlearn these bad habits that we have, you know, and teach us how to build a good, you know, teamwork habits. Yeah, but let me let me emphasize here, Gordy, yeah. that when they came uh, to me, they came to us at Team Real World. Uh, we were impressed just at the level of quality of the, te- the existing team. Okay, because a lot of times people think about, well, do I need to be do I need to be in trouble in order to have a consultant? Okay, does my does my world need to be upside down for me to go get help? And the answer is no. And Tom is a great example. Tom, Tom is a company a great example of a company that is doing incredible work, uh, a lot of growth, uh, helping a lot of clients, making very good profit. Okay, but then just realizing how do we get to the next level, especially as we're growing. Okay, how, how do how do we become more efficient and more effective? We could be getting there a lot more uh, a, a lot more streamlined if we just had a better sense of how to get this thing more organized. We're probably working way too hard. Help! We're drowning with the amount of unnecessary discussions that we're having. How do we how do we make this work? And that's where we started. So take me back, Maurice. Through you, I've seen a, a bunch of your vetting meetings when you get everybody in the room, you right? Get uh, and you, you get everything up on the board. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, um, the first meeting was with Tom, and we we put it out there, and I asked him some of the basic questions. Tom, where do we want to go? Okay, what what is your short term goal, and what's your long term goal? Mm-hmm. What, what you know, and just try to boil it down to about two or three bullets so that we can kind of just wrap our heads around it. And then then after about forty five minutes, about an hour of that, we we start asking the tougher questions like, what are some of the internal things that you believe are keeping you from getting there. Okay. And then let's talk about some of the external things, but, um, but the internal things is where, uh, Tom shared with me just a lot of the different, uh, the role definitions, a lot of the, uh, not, not being on the same page together, uh, meetings that were taking an extreme amount of time in discussing things and yet not following through and helping bring together the team. So the first couple meetings was about two and a half, you would say about two and a half hours each. Right. And we put together a game plan, but then it was to bring the team in mm-hmm. and and share with them 
Uh, and you know how it is, Gordy. Sometimes yeah. you have to kick the, the, the boss out of the room. And so we kick Tom out of the room and, and ask them the questions. And, of course, you know, the, the, the story changes here. Because sure. at that point, it's not, you know, we're not working efficient. It's, Tom's confusing, man. He's just he, he tells us A on Monday. Then he tells us B on Tuesday. Then we get this thing. And the way that we're doing the paperwork is in about 16 different directions. And, and then you begin to realize that they're just running at fast speed but they're just not on the same page they got to become more efficient so by the time we got into the third meeting it was with all of them in the room and uh, and putting together an agreement plan that said guys it's an open discussion no one take it personally let's just go wherever the conversation is and let's put everything on the board that's keeping us from getting there and that's what we did with his entire leadership team back to you tom what was the hardest part for you of that i guess it was you know uh when the uh, when we got together, I mean, scaling with this flood, I mm-hmm. mean, coming from right. two, three employees yeah. to about you know six or seven, uh, it was like Maurice said, you know, our, our system worked where we were comfortable, it, it it fit us, and then but now adding all these projects and all this stuff, paperwork wasn't set up to go to scale. Right, our team wasn't ready for that. The meetings you were having just d- didn't meet the needs exactly. anymore. The, the right people were not at the meetings, and so we had to do a lot of figuring that out. So, I mean, and the best thing was, like Maurice said, mentioned the dispersonality alignment test. I mean, that was something that, you know, it, it, it helped us realize mm-hmm. because, you know, some of our players that on our team, you know, looked back and said, that can't be me. You know? <laughs> that was you and that was time. one of us. Yeah. That's right. I was one of those. And then uh, the alignment of the roles and keeping everybody on the same page in, the, in their lane. You know, once when we grew that quick, yeah. It wasn't down on paper, you know, and we needed a systematic approach as opposed right. to everybody looking toward me. And I needed to get out of this thing. You and that, stay in your lane. I, it was I'm scary. There, me. Done that. And, and unfortunately, the executive a lot of times is the one that gets out of the lane, you yeah. know, because right. he's trying to he's trying to get, he's trying to fit in the blanks for everybody else. Tom, don't be. feel bad. I dealt with that. The third <laughs> thing that you you uh, you've been what did you learn? Uh, the third thing was. Uh, what regularly calls the rhythm meeting, you know, mm. what Maurice calls it. And and it was. it. Ha- we had to get in a rhythm of sure. everybody coming to the table, bringing out, focusing on right. what details and problems that we had in one place and not on the, in the field and not on the phone chasing, you know, each other and calling each other uh, by telephone and not connecting and communicating. That was a big thing. We talked about the importance of having a rhythm meeting. And, Tom, that's having that weekly meeting to make sure everyone's in check and the phone call with Maurice and Maurice why don't you elaborate first and foremost what exactly is a rhythm meeting? Uh, sure a rhythm meeting it's uh it's kind of like what, what what the name is it's kind of like a heartbeat it's it has to be on a in a regular basis in a, in a systematic way so what we say is that a good rhythm meeting is something that happens every week at a set time, and, it, and it's on everybody's schedule. It's it's not something you kind of just get to, and it's not something you just kind of say, "Well, I'll get to it if if I if I can just simply schedule clients around it, or mm-hmm. if I don't have any other projects." It's not a secondary thought. It's a rhythm meeting that has to happen. So, of course, I can imagine everybody that's listened to it is, "Oh man, so are we, are we meeting just to meet?" Well, that's right. the whole point. That it's kind of reverse psychology. The reason why. A lot of companies and teams meet just to meet is because there's nothing structured. And so a lot of times meetings just become very unorganized. And sometimes you get caught into meeting uh, without purpose. The purpose, however, of this rhythm meeting is so that that never happens. Every meeting is worth in gold 
because you're bringing in key players and you make sure that you are discussing the whole of the business. In other words, let's not chase each other on email. I mean, even though we do email each other, you know, and we don't just chase each other on phone or hallway conversations. Those ha- those things have to happen. You're never going to truly eliminate those. But when it ta- when it comes to the substantial projects and goals and visions and uh, problems that we need to discuss, we end up chasing each other most of the time, whereas the rhythm meeting says, no, let's not chase each other. Let's sit down and make sure we're talking about this. Let's get on the same page and let's drive the business together as a team. That's the concept of, of the rhythm meeting. All right, Tom, I want you to to pre- pretend like you just ignored everything that Marie said <laughs> and tell me what does a rhythm meeting mean to you? What has it meant to your organization? It's, uh, Gordy, it's allowed me to elaborate on where our goals are. Mm-hmm. And, and at this meeting, we're able to focus on them. You know, as, at, before we talked about it and everybody would get together, you know, three or four weeks and we, and we never had a focus. Our projects, you know, uh, it, it give us a chance to, to be accountable too. We can hold each other accountable for different, you know, on, on our path. We, we, we could use the metrics that we created and sit back at this meeting and see, are we on the right path? You know, uh, as far as uh, uh, the team, mm-hmm. I mean, it give them, you know, nobody wanted to meet. You know, right. it's like, like Maurice said, nobody, you know, I can't do that. I have a fire to put out. Mm-hmm. No, the, you, this is the whole purpose of having this meeting to reduce the fires, you know, and it give us a chance to, to talk in the same room, the same place, and not, you know, finger pointing or anything like that. We could sit down and hold each other accountable, not have to chase each other, like you said, because that's a difficult thing because you never can get the, the full answer. You don't see the facial expression, the body, you know, uh, body language that, you know, uh, who's withholding information right, right. here, you know, and that kind of thing. And you'll, you you learn the, the rhythm of it, having it every week and scheduled. Everybody adapted well to it, you know, and we could see that was automatic. Everything else had to revolve around that. So once we did that, you know, we could move on and move forward. Tom, what was the the hardest thing for you to do as an executive? And and I share my story. It was was delegating, letting go, and staying in my lane. But once I did that, I felt like my productivity almost tripled. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it, it allows me to focus on... I found out first where you know we when we did the surveys and the disc uh, surveys and all, I was able to find out where my weaknesses are. And I, you know, some places I thought I was stronger and than I was others. The meeting allowed me to, uh, you know, getting in this pro. The whole process was, you know, do I get somebody? Do I, do I call somebody? Do I call a doctor for my business? You know, to help me. And right. I've checked right. everywhere. I looked everywhere. Uh, when do I make this step? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the right time. It, it what what happened, which is in the life of the business, which is very common uh, through, with all the clients that we work with, Gordy, is that after several weeks of doing the rhythm meeting, the team begins to realize that okay, these guys are going to make us meet, right. you know, and they obviously really want us to come here and talk. And there's a point, it's just this mysterious moment that happens, okay, that, that there's a point in which somebody comes, it's happened several times in your, in your rhythm meetings, where about five, six weeks into it, a, a team member came and said some things about the business mm-hmm. and about the way perhaps Tom was working or not working or asking him to make some serious changes about his approach or habits in which you thought, oh my goodness, somebody just 
just brought in a pink elephant in the room and said something very challenging to Tom about how we're not running this thing correctly. And the fact that Tom did not react in a negative way, but said, guys, this is exactly what this meeting's here for. Okay, tell me more. And they saw that Tom did not get defensive, did not, you know what I'm saying? Uh, did not did not in any way lash out or in any way say, guys, it's unacceptable, but rather fostered the safety right. of being able to have a good, solid conversation about where they're agreeing and they're not agreeing. At that moment, you're talking about a totally different team from right before those comments were made to right after, you know, and, and everybody becomes really honest about the fact that, okay, if we can talk about anything, then let's continue this. And ever since those, after the first, the first five weeks was, was tough, but after that, it, it really blossomed into some really good conversations. Yeah. Cause I think to expand on that, the, uh, the fear, everybody feared that I was still going to meddle into what their lane was. You know, mm-hmm. I was going to try to mm-hmm. change and, but what they didn't realize, I was once they, I felt comfortable that they were in that lane. Right. It was like you said, I become product more productive in the next spot where we needed help at, and I felt comfortable because here we go, our production's going fine. Right. This right. is going fine. Now I can focus over here where we're, you know, we need help. And it and, and then that they seen that trust went there, and that allowed them right. to move forward. And Tom and I would talk regularly every week. We plan and we strategize. And there were many times when saw when Tom saw what we could do in these meetings. Whenever it was time for Tom and I to strategize, he would say things like, "Hey, look, let's do this. How about I don't show up at this next meeting, and let's ask them to talk with you about these problems." And then he would let them know, "Hey, guys, I'm not showing up at the next meeting, but I need you to go and have this conversation." And Gordy, again, it's just really incredible when they realize that there's going to be yet a follow-up meeting, so it's not just going to be lost in the air. There's going to be a follow-through, but he wants certain things to be discussed. It's incredible his executive team and his leadership team started taking the business to the next level without him in the room. Did it surprise you, Tom? Did it surprise you what your people were capable of doing? I guess, you know, that fear is always there. You know, mm-hmm. do I have them in the right position? You know, do I have them in the right place? Once I got them in the right seat on the bus, it was a total different thing. Going, listening to Maurice and mm-hmm. say, you know, this one, it might be, a, let's let's figure out where a better fit is. Once I got that, the comfort zone. Just, and, and, and let's be let's be real transparent. Okay? Yeah. How long did that take, Tom? You know, it took a while. It took a while. It, it for took sure. it took several months to figure that out. It took a lot of discussions with them. And and I mean, Tom and I are sitting and going, "Well, here's here's how we did it." When so much of the conversations, Gordy, was in, involving those team members to really wrestle with the issues with us. You know, kind of like uh, one of his employees saying, "Guys, I am not I." I'm I'm doing work I shouldn't be doing, okay. And then the rest of the team is going, yeah, but who else is going to do right. it? And he would say, yeah, but it shouldn't be me. Well, then that creates a domino effect. Well, then who's going to do it? And then having to figure that out is not something you just press a couple buttons and make it happen. They're in major growth mode. We got to figure this out. How do we put the right people in the right place? And um, and we'll get to we'll get to that. But I wanted to ask you real quick here. We've got about uh, less than a minute left here in the segment. Tom, have there been disagreements? Sure, there have been disagreements, you oh. know. Uh, that's the fun part of it. You know, it, <laughs> I come into this, the disagreements didn't scare me. It was how we handled them, right. you know, was what was. A- Gentlemen, uh, let me go back to the first segment. We talked a little bit about aging in place. And, you know, if you would, uh, Tom, 
when we talk about aging in place renovations, what will that look like? And, you know, will we see lots of stainless steel grab bars? <laughs> no, Gordy, that's exactly what everybody asks. Is it going to you know? look like a hospital? Right. Is it going to look like a hospital? <laughs> Number one question. Right. No, the whole purpose of learning about this process and taking these courses and educating ourselves is to keep the aesthetics of the process to look good. Uh, you know, our motto at Expand is is an old shaker saying. It's uh, don't build something unless it's both necessary and useful. But it, if it is both necessary and useful, don't hesitate to make it beautiful. Mm. And that's Understood. pretty mm. that's much good. Now, let me ask, we do it. Then let me ask you, who, who benefits from aging in place? Uh, most people think it's just those who are elderly, but that's not the case. It's for children who have, you know, parents that... Uh, uh, that are elderly at their own home, you know, a young family that has a grandma or, or, or an aunt, somebody who needs help that visits their own house. Uh, it's also for a parent that has a child with a special need that may need help around the house. And it's uh, for caretakers, some people taking care of, a, a, you know, a, a loved one or somebody that they know. Uh, it's it's for those who are proactive versus reactive. And what I mean by that is those that don't have to react when something happens, have your house ready and functional, you know, useful and uh, and safe before it comes down to the, you have to make a quick decision. Because when you're making a quick decision, they're never right. They're, they're super costly and you're never happy about what you do. People who are proactive benefit from it a lot more than uh, uh, it's a place they call, you know, to keep a Make a place that they can call home, you know, for as long as possible. Understood. Understood. All right. Now let's get back to uh, we're talking about alignment of the roles, getting people into the correct seats uh, on the bus. And, and specifically, let's go back to those disagreements in those rhythm meetings. Mm-hmm. Right, Tom, are you OK with that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the best place to have them disagreements like uh you know maurice said was as in the middle instead of being in the middle of the day hitting each other without warnings and all have that meeting set up get those disagreements out you know vent it's a chance to vent uh and the vent the place to vent's not early in the morning you know when you're on a job with a client it's, mm-hmm. it's at that meeting and and plus you can see you know other other team members may pick up on that and say, yeah, we right. need to do something and come up and all of us solve our own problem. Yeah, it, the um, a lot of times people hear what Tom just said and said, yeah, but then, I mean, do we have to hold everything until we're meeting? Well, of course not, because the the, the business of the and the life of the business, it's going to dictate that you pick the phone and call each other about problems. Right. You know, customer service, customer issues, errors in forms. Uh, all of a sudden, this needs to happen. So, no, it, this the rhythm meeting does not at all eliminate the need to have to take care of issues on the spot. What we're talking about is those issues that, for example, employee A has been frustrated for the past three weeks that employee C is doing. And now on Tuesday at 9 o'clock, I'm upset about it, so I'm going to pick up the phone. And I'm not just going to call employee C about it. I'm going to call manager a and then i'm going to call my dad and i'm going to get folks involved so that by the time 11 o'clock comes around there's this big disagreement where we should have been able to hold it until wednesday at three o'clock when we meet and not pull everybody off focus from taking care of the client at that moment it's what we call the rhythm meeting should Mm -hmm. keep you from broadsiding each other unnecessarily Customers can broadside us anytime, right? I mean, that's what right. it's, that's what we're there for. But let's not broadside each other about stuff that you know we're going to talk about. We have a we have a safe place to talk about it at Wednesday at three o'clock. Let's have the conversation there, and everybody come ready to talk 
Nobody runs away. No one's looking at their watch. You know, come ready to talk and talk about the tough things. And um, Tom's team didn't. Tom, uh, Tom's team didn't have any problem jumping into the tough things. Whenever we said we're going to have professional debates and professional professional disagreements, uh, his team took him to task and said, "All right, you fine. got some sword fights. Oh yeah, sword fights. Sure. had some serious sure. sword fights." And all we had to do, and I don't want to minimize it, is just say, "Okay, guys, we're going to learn how to do this professionally, and it's going to be hard. You know, everyone's going to feel it because it's called a fight." Okay, but we're going to keep it professional, and we're all going to become better at this. And more, most importantly, we're actually going to fix things. We're going to improve things. So, everybody, roll up your sleeves. Let's talk. And that's, and, and that's yes. what happened. Did you at any point did you get frustrated, Tom? Feel like just giving up or this isn't working? For sure. I mean, I think everybody. You what know, three days ago you told me yeah. I said this. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> but you know, resilience—the resilience and having help and having somebody outside help you look at you know things, looking at through what some of these people go through that we work for. You know, my problems seem right. uh, minuscule. But to me and our and our and our you know our teammates, you know, out there our, our coworkers and all. It, yeah, it, we feel like doing. They throw it, you know. But we get to the meetings, we talk about it, we right. air them out, you know. Storming, like Maurice always puts us through, with the storming part. Expound. Let me stop you there. Expound on storming. What does storming mean to you? Uh, it, it's where you throw out everything. I mean, every idea that comes out. You, you're not sure who does what. You're not sure what's happening. Who's responsibility for this? Who's accountable for this or that? And you have you're willing to have big disagreements about it, right? And and everybody can you know chime in and, and until we get you know until until uh, we get into that next stage. But and you get there quite you know every change you go back into that, that right. storming routine and we've learned to adapt to it and use it for you know to our benefit as opposed to you know a place where we somebody has to win yeah if i could share a couple of really interesting things that happened with with tom's team which uh w- one of them gordy was that we we set up this meeting for the 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 project managers to work better together and so in in our rhythm meeting it was identified that that that, that other meeting had to happen on tuesdays and, and fridays and they, they were going well but they could go could go better right mm-hmm. and so i joined them and i, I in those other tuesdays and, and friday meetings uh, and about five weeks later, I got kicked out of that meeting. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that I come to our meeting with Tom and Tom and his team have decided, Maurice, you know what? You're no longer in that Tuesday and th- Friday meeting. I'm going, okay, can we talk about it? Sure. Well, because we got together and we realized that the nature of the Tuesday and Friday meeting is a b and they, they they outlined it for me sure and it says and 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 we really feel that what we need you to do is stick to the wednesday meeting and we need you to have another rhythm meeting with only the executive it's not easy but because they were consistently talking and figuring out how is it that we go from growing from this level to this level we just can't leave it up to chasing each other on the phone or sending emails to each other let's really do some serious uh, planning and rolling up our sleeves and figuring this out. And, and a lot of the funnest part was working with the disc profile. I mean, we learned how to communicate. That was a, it was fun. It was, you know, it, it, we all knew when somebody was reacting and we said, up, oh, back up, you know, we need to back up, you know, we're, we're cornering that person or we need to provoke that person. What about uh, talking about the disc pro- profile, Tom, what, what about you? What's one thing in that thing report that came out that just surprised you a little bit? 
Uh, let's see. The surprise. Putting you on probably. the spot here. I mean. Uh, can I remind you? Yeah. Yeah, can I remind you? <laughs> yeah, you may have to just memorize everybody kinda, in the you know. city city's discs. He's got a cheat sheet. Go ahead. Right, right. Uh when 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 Tom and I are, are talking about it, I said, Tom, uh you remember your profile that you, you you tend to change what was said on Monday and you give different instructions by Tuesday. And uh his comment to me was like, I didn't do that, did I? <laughs> and I said, well, here we are at Wednesday, and you're just telling me something totally different. And it wasn't that Tom was changing his mind. It's just as he brainstormed. You know this, Gordy. Right. Okay? As you brainstorm, you think of a different angle so that by the time you articulate that, it not only comes out different, it's now a more refined idea. Yeah. Okay, well, Tom's brain is constantly doing that. Constantly, Sounds familiar. constantly creating, constantly <laughs> creating. And so, of course, his team is, is thinking, well, have you finished creating? Can we just execute this? Yes. You know? And that, that's, uh, that's definitely Tom's uh, preferred style. Tom, I've been fascinated with this aging in the place we've talked about. So if you would, give me some definition to what is certified aging in place specialist. Thanks, Gordy. Uh, a certified aging in place specialist is a... Uh, those individuals who've taken a course through NAHB that was designed like we previously talked about with AARP uh, that uh, designed to help those 55 plus live in their homes for as long as possible. The, the course teaches techniques, technology, how to talk with your clients, where and who you need on your team. But it also, like we said, it's evolved over the years. And, and when I chaired it a few years back, the Board of Governors consisted of AARP, the uh, uh, Veterans Administration, the Occupational Therapists Association, AIA, and a couple of other groups. So it was a very, you know, uh, rewarding experience to set on a board with that many people pushing them, you know, uh, and talking about and, and learning from each uh, discipline through there about aging in place. Uh, you can get, uh, people can get trained on it uh, at our local home builders association. It's a, it's a great course. All right, so how about CAPS? Where does CAPS fall into this? And, and let's, I think for our listening audience, let's explain what exactly is CAPS, C-A-P-S. CAPS is the Certified Agent in Place. It's the acronym for that. Okay. Most people hear CAPS, they have no clue what it is. And us is, and, you know, using terminology, you know how you can get in a, in a group and you start telling them CAPS right. designated, and everybody thinks, well, you know, that's great. What is that? What is that? And that's right. Certified Agent in Place Specialist. All right, so fantastic. Let's uh, let's now get back to uh, what we talked about: storming the dispersonality you and Maurice used, and and we talked about you a little bit, and and kind of uh, you know it's always a interesting journey to look in the mirror and find out what uh, the disc profile says about you. But for me, it's, there's always one fascinating disc profile that pops out, uh, and somebody on my team that I, I'm just dead wrong about. Did you go through that experience? Yeah, there was yeah. a couple of people that we de definitely had, you know, figured dead wrong. Mm -hmm. it's, it, you know, one of the things it brings to me is my wife and I a while back had our uh, character drawn, a cartoon character, okay? When we got yeah, back home. Yeah, characters, yeah. Okay, when we got back home, I looked at mine, and my wife looked at looked at both of them. She says, wow, yours looks just like you, but mine looks nothing <laughs> like me. You know, but I knew that. Right, she looked right. just like that. So right, it's kind of right, like this right. meeting. You know, we sit back, and when, when the uh, everybody, the profiles were out there read, and, and Maurice told us, you know, while we learn about ourselves, I figured out, you know, oh, no, that's the X's and O's, and I've got them in the wrong place. And I, you know, uh, I understood 
why they were having so much difficulty in that because the desire is not there if you're not if you're not seeking that you may try hard and it may be okay and you may make it but you're not gonna you know you're not gonna uh prosper in that position if you're not in somewhere that fits your you know profile and and, and i really believe that's true i've learned a lot about myself over the past few years and i think identifying where my weaknesses are and coming and sharing that with the team really helped us you know and Maureen i think when you profile. did that when you came and you were the first one to come to the table and say guys have you guys read my profile yeah and you started talking about your weaknesses right you made it okay for them to do the same uh, because they saw that you were vulnerable right uh, that you were humble uh, and that the style of leadership you wanted to inculcate in them was one of just self-awareness. Right. Uh, and then you guys started having a good conversation about what everybody brought to the table and, and really just being honest with each other and saying, okay, are, 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 are we in our proper role? You know, and then if you recall, that's when they started really contributing a lot about, you know, Tom, I'm not, my role should be this instead of this. This, this, this that I'm doing right here, we need to find either another person or I need to give this over there right. and I need to get out of this person's uh, kitchen because I've been doing this and that's not me. Uh, but it all started with the leader uh, just really coming to terms with the fact that, you know, your weaknesses, everybody knows about them, but it's not until you acknowledge them then they realize that it's safe. I believe that vulnerability is, is a top thing. And the speed yeah. of trust, like you said, the, that trust factor is key to it because once they've seen that, and, you know, like you said, we had a couple of team members that said, that's not me. But once they, you know, they looked and they said, it's amazing how much it's changed them and, and, and let them be, aware. you know, now they're aware and they're digging for more information. Right. They want to learn about it. And, you know, that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, it know? is. And and, and, and and let me share with you a little bit, Gordy, of, of where Tom and his team is now. Uh, you know, in the last couple sessions, uh, you and I talked about the four faces of a team, mm -hmm. how to form the team, the team has to storm, then you norm them through getting on the same page and then performing, right? Uh, and in the area of performance, if you recall, it's about learning how to gauge performance through certain reports, and I think this is where Tom, just in the past two months, has just really shined that that the way he's realized that he can go one step further and get out of everybody's kitchen is to stop telling him try of how to do it, but rather, guys, just give me the reports I need so I can look at the numbers. If I can see where the business is at and it's staying within the metrics that I want, I trust you guys. You guys have all helped me form. Uh, you guys have helped me figure out where everybody ought to go. We have aligned on some really good, clear processes that we're all going to be in agreement on. I can get out of y'all's kitchen. All I need now is my reports. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're working with now is identifying the key reports that have the key metrics. Right. And uh, one of Tom's questions to me recently is, is can we set a six-week plan so that I can start having a four-day week and not work on Fridays? All right. Uh, and and that, I mean, you're shaking your head. I mean, you know yeah. how valuable that sure. is, especially sure. for an executive. And it's not because they want to go and play golf, right? Which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying, but 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 you need to be able to allow the executives to just walk away from the business so they can think, so they can dream big where they want to go next. Uh, they can re-gauge themselves as to the risk factors they may need to take. And I think in the last six weeks, when Tom hit that place of realizing, man, my team is actually performing better without me than with me 
Okay, that's a key place of one of the first goals that he came to me with a year ago and said, am I ever going to get there? And I said, well, it's not going to be overnight. It'll be through a lot of work, but that's what you're enjoying now. And, and that's what we're working on is those reports that allow him to do that. Yeah, and I think, you know, allowing me the time to focus on each individual, giving me more time to be not so critical, mm-hmm. but be positive, in fact, you know, and help the mm-hmm. team members right. go to where we're, we're having trouble at and engage that group, you know, uh, whether it be a cabinet problem or be a, uh, you know, an invoicing thing and help them, you know, be better as opposed to the boss, you know. Or like you feel like you had to go and fix everything. Right. Or like you're the one that everybody, they, they come to dad, you know, they come to mom, right. you know. No, they, they you've empowered them, you've trained them how to do this, and they are really doing this now on their own because yeah. they, they've gone through this journey with Tom for the past eight months. You know, Tom, I, I can share a story as, as we're talking about this whole storming meeting. And once, I think for me, the most fulfilling thing is once the team got to that point, I could delegate, get out of the way. Right. And, and the most effective thing that I did was I literally moved to the other side of the building. Yeah. And it got me much more quiet time. I was out of the weeds and tripled the productivity. And that sounds like what you're doing. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. That sounds like, you know. Yeah. That's what we're attempting. Well, gosh. Well, guys, let's, um, if you would, you were recently awarded the National yes. Certified Aging in Place Specialist of can the I, Year. Can, can, Gordy, can I please? Can, can, Why don't can, you do can, that? Can, please, All I know, it me, was in let, Miami, let, let me, and yes. I didn't get an invite. It might have gone well, to my spam Well, email, it, was a, it was a real honor. His, okay. uh, his marketing uh, director contacted me. And he said, she gave me the date and she said, All right, she, she didn't even ask me. She just said, you're showing up. <laughs> and uh, it was announced uh, in Baton Rouge at, at, at a local meeting that, nice. that Tom had just won that. And he won the National Certified Aging in Place Specialist of the Year. Uh, and that was awarded to him at a national level in Miami. Uh, early this year. So, Tom, congratulations. I know that you've not only uh, worked very hard, but you've earned it, and your team recognizes the value you bring to it, and it's really really good that you you won that national award. Yeah, the passion that we have for that, you know, the the aging in place, it's it's where our heart is and where our work is, and the fun part is that you can make money helping people. Right. And be a win-win situation, you know, so it's a well, congratulations on that. If you would, how can we get in touch with you, Tom, over at Expand? Uh, our website is remodelingbyexpand.com, and our phone number is 225-791-8050. Again, 791-8050. Maurice, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, reach me at 225-772-4357 or shoot me an email directly at maurice at teamyourworld.com. All right. The final word for you, Maurice, and, and uh, our outstanding guests who you brought no, in No, I appreciate it, Gordy. Thank you very much for, for producing the show and helping us lead through it. And, Tom, it's an honor to, honor to work with you. Uh, it's good to have you here with us. Well, thank you all, Bo. Tom, I congratulations on all your success. Always great to hear great business stories. Thanks, Gordy. Appreciate Alrighty. y'all, Bo. That's going to wrap it up. You can hear this show each and every weekend, or you can listen to the podcast. Life Lessons from the Office. Winning in the workplace with the foremost authority on business consulting in Baton Rouge, Maurice Velasquez of Team Real World, and Gordy Rush on Talk 107.3 FM, WBRP.